Will this be the most photographed event in human history? According to at least one scientist, it is. The U.S. is getting its first coast-to-coast -coast solar eclipse in just a few weeks. Hi, I'm Alex Walensky. And I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara. I'm a reporter based out in Portland. You're listening to This Week in Travel by Go the Travel Podcast for the first week in August 2017. In just a few weeks, the first coast-to-coast -coast total solar eclipse since 1918 will travel across the United States. During a total solar eclipse, the moon completely blocks out the sun. It can be like night, temperatures will drop, stars will come out. Uh, it'll be a pretty striking event. Also, airplane seats and legroom seem to be shrinking every year. Seats used to be 18 inches in width, and they've gone down to 16 and a half. But now, the U.S. Court of Appeals has directed the FAA to look into the matter. The consumer advocacy group Flyers Rights claims the lack of space could make it harder for passengers to evacuate in case of emergency. And Los Angeles reached a deal this week to host the 2028 Summer Olympics. I mean, it's kind of cool to have a building that hosted the 1932 Olympics still be in use in 2028. We've got more stories coming up. Stay with us and we'll fill you in on This Week in Travel. On August 21st, the first coast-to-coast -coast solar eclipse since 1918 will move across the United States. Up to 7.4 million people are estimated to travel to cities and towns in the path. To find out the science behind the eclipse, we spoke to Brian Jackson, assistant professor of physics at Boise State University. The solar eclipse, very simply, is when the moon covers up the disk of the sun. And so depending on exactly the kind of solar eclipse, whether it's partial, total, annular, the moon will cover up more or less of the sun's disk. The shadow the moon leaves on the Earth's surface will completely darken an area 70 miles across. This is called the path of totality. In the path of totality, where people will see the total eclipse, you will see the twilight effect. This is where the whole horizon, 360 degrees, will light up as if uh, during a sunset. So it'll look like it's a sunset, basically, in all directions at once. Now, how long can an observer expect it to go dark for? The total eclipse will last about two minutes, but exactly how long it will last depends on exactly where you are in the path of totality. Over 12 million people already live in this path and won't have to travel to experience it. This eclipse coming up on August 21st is going to be unique in that it crosses over the entire width of the United States through a lot of very populated areas. Anyone who's in or near the path of totality should expect a lot of visitors. It may be one of the most widely observed solar eclipses in human history. Major cities like Nashville, Tennessee, to smaller ones like Columbia, South Carolina, will go completely dark. So the last eclipse of this size to pass through the U.S. was 99 years ago. So how rare are these solar eclipses? Eclipses happen roughly every year and a half, but usually the track of the eclipse is out over the ocean somewhere. So you have to pay a lot of money to get on a cruise ship to see it. NASA has been preparing for this event for a while. They have a website with an eclipse tracker that can tell you the exact second it will go dark based on your location. But how long have scientists been able to make these predictions? We've been able to make eclipse predictions pretty accurately going back hundreds of years actually. So there's a pretty famous eclipse back in 1715 that was predicted, uh, the timing of which was predicted by Edmund Haley to a precision of, of four minutes. Eclipse viewers may be tempted to look at the moon as it blocks out the sun. But Jackson warns against it without the proper equipment. You should not look at it without the proper filters. 
However, getting a hold of the proper filters to observe this eclipse is very easy. You can get a hold of what are called eclipse shades. You can get them for like a buck a piece online. You want to make sure to get eclipse shades from a reputable vendor, though. Now, for some people not expecting the eclipse to happen, it may be a shocking event. But what about for animals? Yeah, animals will notice this eclipse. And so there are stories of wild animals bedding down for the night because as far as I know, the night has begun suddenly. And so uh, you've got stories of hippos going back to where they they nest for the night. Birds will go back to their nests to sleep. Uh, animals definitely notice this, and they can be very confused. But so far as I know, there's no harm that comes to the animals. You can find links to NASA's Eclipse website on our site at gothepodcast.com. There, you can find out how to get the proper filters to safely see the eclipse. The State Department this week issued a travel warning to Americans heading to Mexico. The warning comes after an unusually high number of incidences involving tainted or substandard alcohol, including the death of a 20-year-old Wisconsin woman. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's reporting into the woman's death prompted other vacationers to contact the paper. Many claimed similar experiences with alcohol at the Ibero Star Resort in Cancun. Some said they only had one or two drinks before losing consciousness. When they woke up hours later, they had no recollection of what happened. A passenger on Spirit Airlines, home of the Bear Fair, took the tagline a bit too seriously. Last Saturday, a flight from Las Vegas to Oakland was delayed after a passenger removed all of their clothes. Police officers and first responders at the McCarran International Airport were called last Saturday to reports of a naked man walking down the aisle. The incident occurred as the plane was boarding, which caused the flight to be delayed for 30 minutes. The man was removed from the aircraft and received medical treatment. The flight made up for some lost time and arrived only about 20 minutes late. Legroom has been taking a hit as airlines try to squeeze another row onto their planes, but not if a consumer advocacy group gets their way. Last week, the U.S. Court of Appeals ordered the Federal Aviation Administration to adequately address a petition about the safety of shrinking airline seats. A consumer advocacy group called Flyers' Rights filed the petition. They claimed the lack of space could make it harder for passengers to evacuate in case of an emergency. According to Congressman Steve Cohen, a Democrat from Tennessee, as seats grew smaller throughout the years, Americans grew larger. Seats used to be 18 inches in width, and they've gone down to 16 and a half. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the average man in 1960 weighed 166 pounds, and the average woman 140. Now the average man is 196, that's up 30 pounds, and the average woman 166, that's up 26 pounds. Cohen also claimed that cramped conditions could pose health risks, like a higher chance of developing blood clots, which have a potential to be fatal. Like the consumer advocacy group, Cohen has been trying to address this issue. Last year, he introduced the SEAT Act, a bill that would have set a minimum standard for the size, width, and pitch of seats, as well as the amount of legroom and width of the aisles. The SEAT Act failed to pass, but this year Cohen successfully included a version of the bill as an amendment to the FAA. A Reauthorization Act. No date yet on when the bill will come up for a vote or when the FAA will address the Court of Appeals ruling, but we'll keep you posted. Switzerland has just opened the world's longest pedestrian suspension bridge. The 1,621-foot-long Charles Conan Suspension Bridge is located in the Swiss Alps. 
hikers can see views of the famous Matterhorn Peak, as well as the Weisshorn and Bernese Alps. The new steel bridge cuts down a hike through the valley from three hours to 10 minutes. This week, Los Angeles won a bid to host the 2028 Summer Olympics. This ends a 32-year gap in the Summer Olympics being hosted in the United States. We spoke with Newsday sports columnist Neil Best to get his take. To me, L.A. is a great option, and I'm old enough to remember 84 when everyone was freaking out about all the traffic and how terrible it was going to be, and none of it ever happened. The other good thing about L.A. is they managed to leverage the waiting till 2028 to get some more money from the IOC. Many reports are saying that L.A. struck a better deal than other cities have in the past with the International Olympic Committee or the IOC. Part of the deal we always want because the IOC, the IOC kind of contributes to costs and they contribute, they, they help with loans. And, you know, it's not just the city, the host city doing it on its own, but L.A. managed to get more. Among the support that L.A. is receiving, the IOC is paying $160 million to invest in youth sports, something they don't do for host cities until after the Olympics. The IOC also agreed to forfeit its typical 20 percent fee on any financial surpluses. L.A. can also keep the $487 million contingency. That's money set aside to pay for cost overruns. That's if they can keep the games under budget. L.A. is expected to keep costs down by using existing infrastructure instead of building new stadiums, like the 94-year-old L.A. Coliseum, which could be used to host some of the games. I mean, it's kind of cool to have a building that hosted the 1932 Olympics still be in use in 2028. So as long as they can have the you know, communications infrastructure that obviously the media will need and the fans will need, then it is kind of cool, really. With the Olympics being 11 years away, there's no telling which athletes will be competing. If you figure most of the top gymnasts are 15, 16, 17, 18, these kids are five or six years old right now. So, I mean, they've probably already started gymnastic lessons, but obviously we don't know which of them is going to be winning a gold medal in 11 years. And that's This Week in Travel by Go the Travel Podcast for the first week in August 2017. I'm Alex Walensky. And I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Subscribe to Go the Podcast wherever you're getting your podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on gothepodcast.com for more great content. Thanks for listening.